0: Good day, and thank you all for joining us for APQC's newest Process and Performance Management podcast. My name is Michael Sims. I'm a Research Analyst at APQC, and today I get the pleasure of talking to Holly Lycogland, Principal Research Lead in the area of Process and Performance Management at APQC, and Lauren Trees, Principal Research Lead in the area of Knowledge Management at APQC. Today, we're going to talk about some research that APQC has recently conducted on envisioning the workspace of the future. This research was designed to help organizations understand how looming technological and cultural shifts may influence their priorities and investments. So my first question for you all is, what have we learned about the role of work environment in the world of process and performance management, and can you compare and contrast that to the business population at large?
1: Uh,
2: Sure. Uh, I'll take lead on that one, Michael. Um, One of the things, and just a quick context to put in this, this was a general survey with over 1,000 respondents. And when we're talking about process and performance management, we're talking about about a quarter of those respondents who work in areas such as process, organizational performance, benchmarking, and quality management. Um, so that was just kind of a, a little context as we answer this question. Um, so as far as in process and performance management, they're kind they're fairly similar to I think the overall survey findings. Um, most respondents are continuing to work in a traditional environment. So you're looking at on-site office, either something with a door or in a cubicle farm. Um, a lot of people are working specifically, you know, like I said, in the business environment, uh, which is kind of contrary to initially what we expected to see, which would be a lot more people working remotely um, or working through group collaborative workspaces, things along those lines. Um, so even though there's a lot of buzz around the changes in the workplace for most people, it, it really isn't that different. Now, when we looked specifically at our process and performance management people, we did see that they were actually a little bit more likely than their peers and all the other functions that were in the survey to work outside of that office. Um, In fact, they're almost twice as likely to work from a client's office, from their home, or from an alternative location. Um, A lot of this is probably around the fact that they tend to work in a lot of work that's collaborative. So you know, if you're talking process, you're talking benchmarking, you're talking quality management, these are all service functions who provide and conduct projects for other functions within the organization. So they have to go where their clients are rather than working nine to five in kind of a queue. So they have to be a little bit more flexible about where they work. Um, so that was one of the big kind of things that we saw that was different from them. Because uh, for example, I mean, if you have a process team, Um, A lot of times if they're going to do a mapping exercise or something along those lines, it's some kind of collaborative project that then requires getting everybody off, out of their normal kind of daily grind and into a space where they can work together. Uh, Another thing that we actually wanted to check was also looking at work hours flexibility because that's another part of your work environment, right? Not just the physical location, but where and when you work. Um, So, again, regardless, we saw that everybody has at least some level of work flexibility. So the idea that people work differently um, in this kind of life-work balance that we've seen as a cultural shift is actually making kind of a bigger impact than, say, the actual location part that we've also heard. So process and performance management professionals tend to actually report, though, that they have less flexibility than their peers. Again, I think that probably ties closely to kind of the goal of their work, which is supporting the work of others so they have to not only go where their people are but also when and, and fit that into kind of more common business hours that everybody would kind of at some point in day overlap in. And finally uh, the last kind of big question that we wanted to know about as far as kind of the working environment for these people was the idea behind collaboration because when you're talking about the workspace, um, you know we're, we're talking about a lot of the times you know anybody could work from home if they don't have to do a collaboration. Um, The big changes are how do we get people connected in this uh, this growing, dispersed areas, right? So we wanted to find out approximately what kind of percentage that process and performance management folks, as well as the others, how much of their time was spent in collaboration. Um, I would kind of even go on the fence to say that most people tend to be more collaborative than ever in their business efforts to solve problems, come up with innovative ideas. And this is really especially true for process and performance management people because a lot of the work that they do, like I said, is collaborative in nature. We are working together with a functional team to understand uh, the quality of their efforts. Or for process folks, you know, we want to start identifying and standardizing their process management. Uh, so, you know, doing a lot of workshops, doing a lot of facilitation. Um, And that actually is reflected in the data, which actually showed that process and performance management people were more likely than any other function to have at least, you know, up to between 75 and 100 percent of their time spent in collaborative efforts.
1: So, Holly, I just want to pick up on a couple of things that you uh, were saying there. I I like what you pointed out around the contradictions of flexibility, if you will, for the process and performance management audience, because you said that as service personnel, they need to be more flexible about where they work, they might be working from a client location, whatever makes the most sense for supporting the group that they're currently working with. Um, but also that they have less flexibility in some ways in terms of when they work because they have that service-oriented role. Um, And I think that that is a, a microcosm of a contradiction that we saw across the board in terms of the research where people are getting some more flexibility and obviously technology makes it more possible to work from a wider variety of places Um, But because of the nature of of the way that work is set up and has been set up for many years, then they're not able to achieve the the full flexibility that they want. Um, And and what we saw across the research was that um, people really feel like they would be more productive with more flexibility across the board in terms of schedule, in terms of hours, in terms of where, when, and how they work. Um, and I suspect that the process and performance management audience, because they work in that that performance management area, are, are hyper-aware of how these different environments impact their productivity. Um, so I think it's a really interesting thing to look at now and also in the future.
0: OK. And so how does what you've said about the process and performance management work environment affect collaboration and communication in that space?
2: Um, I think that there's a lot of, of of things specifically around the collaboration and the communication. Um, there is a great need for just in general in the workspace to, to, as Lauren said, looking at the technologies and things that make this more productive. Um, there's a lot of different tools. There's a lot of different technology that's available out there. Um, but when we actually kind of peeled back and, and looked at the process and performance management folks' perspective on that, so I mean, there was a lot of questions about what kind of methods do they prefer for innovative uh, and collaboration engagements? What kind of communication tools do they want? Do they not want? Uh, which kind of communication tools are they already using versus not using? And what we found with that You know, in general, people still tend to see a lot of value, in particular, in face-to-face in-person meetings. Now, as we know, with the growing, you know, dispersion in the workforce, that's a lot more complicated and a lot more difficult, Um, but maybe not quite as so as much with the process and performance, uh, say that three times fast, process and performance management professionals, their perspective, Um, because they are having to do a lot of stuff that is, is getting together large groups of people. Um, and a lot of times, those physical face-to-face interactions are incredibly beneficial for them. Um, one of the reasons, and I think that you can see the fact that their number one preference is scheduled meetings. Um, next after that is you know, spontaneous face-to-face meetings. And then, you know, so, and it kind of keeps going down to where there's very few people who are actually in this area using a lot of the virtual collaboration tools um, that they could be using as far as communication and collaboration. Their number one communication tool is still email. Uh, i followed shortly by like instant messenger. Um, but they also use a lot of like in person meetings. Partially that is because for these groups of people, not only is their job a lot of collaboration and facilitation work to, to get groups solving problems, but there's also a lot of effort in these areas for developing interactions with people in the different parts of the business. Um, As we know, especially if you look in process management, uh, there's a lot of efforts and a lot of value people get from having those one-on-one in-person sessions and working sessions because there's so many different things that you don't get in virtual or that it's much more difficult to get in virtual, such as you know, understanding facial cues to understand who's actually bought in, who's not, uh, who's having problems struggling with the concept. So all of those little keys and things that you need as a good facilitator are so much easier in those kind of in-person meetings. Now, for the ones that are actually using virtual collaboration tools, they're, they're kind of underpinned. They want and prefer the ones that use video. Again, because that gives you that ability to see the individual's face and to help with that second part of their job, which is developing buy-in and using a lot of change management tactics as they're moving people along because a lot of times when we're talking about these folks, we're changing how people do work. Uh, You know, we're either going through and standardizing processes or we're looking for improvement opportunities. Um, All of those areas that could potentially get a lot of resistance because people are married to how they've done things or they don't see eye to eye on exactly what's the best way to approach this or, you know, sometimes it's very sensitive. So there's a lot of that kind of human interaction in this work that that needs to be supported through those kind of methods.
1: Yeah, just to reflect back on on what you said and, and how it relates to the rest of the data that we saw in the survey, Um, I I think the focus on face-to-face scheduled meetings and impromptu interactions is certainly not unique to the process and performance management group. Uh, that was a theme that we saw across the survey, across the board, in terms of almost every every demographic cut of the survey. Everybody wanted to be face-to-face to collaborate and solve problems. So as uh, process and performance management people work with different groups within the organization to have these facilitated meetings to uh, you know, improve their processes, then they're probably just reflecting back the preferences of, of their customers as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense, Um, you know, and across the board in terms of the the research, we saw that people are relying a lot on email, relying a lot on direct private communication, just as you're saying about the process and performance management groups. and I think that's becoming a bigger challenge for people. They have information overload. There's too many messages. They're communicating the same things to different people through private exchanges. Um, you know, And that's a broader theme across the survey results, that things like enterprise social networking, communities of practice, different collaboration tools and platforms that can help um, you know, share knowledge more broadly, uh, you know, get that one-to-many communication that um, I think, gr- you know, especially groups like this n- need to have, um, you know, and, and put those conversations out there in a more public sphere within the organization um, so that different groups who are maybe going through a process transformation can learn from other groups, not just from the, the process and performance management professionals. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value to be had to, uh, to, to moving to a more one-to-many format, but there's also a lot of resistance. I think it's scary for people if you're used to having those really hands-on, one-on-one conversations. Um, and, and it's not that you get away from that, but, you know, you can, you can add color and depth. Um, And and also save yourself some time by pointing people back to knowledge and conversations that that have already been documented there. you know, so I think we, we have to move towards towards virtual tools and we also have to understand how those tools are going to be used, um, you know, and we see that reflected in, in the data that people want better technology for virtual collaboration, but they also want better policies and processes to guide those interactions, so you, so you have to have both. Um, And and then finally, I think having technology that allows you to connect with experts and go-to people across the organization, uh, you know, that was a a need that we saw four out of five people across the survey express, um, you know, and is a – a priority for for process and performance people as well, because, um, you know, a good expertise location solution can help them identify who are the the influencers, the go-to people in any particular uh, department or process group that they go work with, and that, that can be really valuable background to accelerate the work that they're doing as well.
0: Thank you, Lauren and Holly. I'd like to uh, to, to close this, this session with a more open-ended kind of question. So bearing in mind everything that you all have just discussed, how do you think the work experience for process and performance management professionals will change in the future, five, ten years from now?
1: I think as a service-oriented group within organizations, it's going to change along the lines that everyone's work experience is changing. People are demanding more flexibility in terms of when, where, and how work gets done, and the work that that process and performance management people are doing will reflect that. Um, You know, I think there's always a necessary balance between being collaborative and being productive. And I think the results of this survey and a lot of research that's being done right now is that we may have swung the pendulum too far um, and requiring people to be constantly accessible in the virtual sphere, whether that means opening up email all the time, 24 hours a day, or being available on a platform like Yammer or Slack. And I actually think that that's some of the pushback that we're seeing in organizations against some of tools like that. People just feel like they are being asked to be on all the time. It's a a real distraction for them in terms of their core productivity. Um, And for groups that are involved in facilitating change and working with different stakeholder groups, um, you know, those requirements for responsiveness can get really intense, Um, you know, and to the extent that process and performance management people have veered away from some of the the more open forums that may be, be part of the challenge there. But, I mean, th- that's the way the world is going. The world is moving towards, um, you know, one-to-many communication, and we have to figure out, um, you know, in the virtual sphere, how that works in the context of, of getting things done, of being collaborative, um, and, and also measuring people. Um, you know, obviously, in the performance management space, very aware of business metrics and outcome metrics for all of these projects. Um, so that's actually a good thing in terms of where the puck is headed in terms of the future of work. Because one of the big challenges that we're seeing for groups that are maybe less metrics focused is how do you, how do you determine whether people are really getting their job done if they're not required to, to sit in a particular place for eight hours a day. So that's one area where maybe the, the process and performance management groups are a little ahead of the game. Um, You know, but got to adopt some of these new technologies, and as they get better, I think, um, you know, it'll become easier. But also, you know, as organizations, we've got to identify how we want people to collaborate, how we want them to work, and and give some better guidance.
2: I think those are all excellent points. One context I'd also like to make, especially for the performance management folks out there, is that what we've seen just in general is that there are more and more organizations who are looking to break down the silos within the businesses, but also across the region. Um, so, you know, over the last several years, more organizations have, have done that thing where they're going back and looking at coming one organization. Uh, that means, and Couple that with all the digitalization out there lately, you see a lot more work and a lot more stress on creating standardized processes, quality measures, performance measures across the different groups and across the different regions, trying to make sure that everybody's doing things exact same way for more efficiency and also to be able to appeal and, and identify ways to make the customer experience so much better. And all of that really requires that these folks include and understand how to better communicate across the board. So you may have your process of management professionals in, you know, region A, but they're having to work with people across multiple regions on an ongoing basis to to come to some kind of consensus. And unless, you know, oh, without the, the flying expense of, of getting all the right people and identifying their all people and get them in the room together, there's a lot of different ways that organizations have to be able to do that work. And as we know, any of this work that, you know, in the process and performance management space is an ongoing journey. So, that isn't going to, you know, having that one meeting where you do get to get all those SMEs together in the same room and, and develop out what you're doing isn't where it's going to end, because you have to update regularly, you have to have communications between these groups on a regular basis, and also facilitate those broader communications. So, I, I think that that need and that growing presence of virtual collaboration is is where process and performance management people see it going. Um, they may... They're still kind of steering away from the social media aspect of it because in a lot of ways, being able to cut through the noise of social media um, can be very can be very difficult. Um, but there's a lot of other groups, and speaking of collaboration, working with their knowledge management folks is, is a great way to be able to help them leverage those kind of forms just as effectively. So um, I do agree. I think there's a lot of, of things that people are going to have to be looking at um, and, and trying to experiment with and figuring out what's the right fit for them. Um, but you know, a lot of it is still just a manage, matter of kind of having those tools and figuring out the right ones.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Holly and Lauren, for sharing your insights on this topic. Uh, listeners, if you're interested in learning more about uh, the Envisioning the Workspace of the Future research project, please visit apqc.org and, and search for it in the knowledge base. And if you're interested in more of our podcasts, uh, please go to apqcpodcast.podbean.com. Thank you very much.